Welcome to the Redbird's Nest. I'm Big Red Austin, and this week I'm joined by Remington. Hey, how's it going? And Jake, who's from, live from Austria. Hello, everybody. And this week we're doing our weekly recap, minor league watch, and much more. So, boys, what, what are your thoughts about this week in Cardinals baseball? Well, I can say that I watched probably one of the best games all year long in Bush Stadium on Friday. And that was, obviously, I've missed a couple of games from traveling and everything, but I've looked at stats. And I'm just really glad that I went to the game that I went to instead of the next games after that. Because to see the uh, the Pujols 698 was huge. That was awesome. Whenever he hit that, because I was sitting in left field kind of behind the uh, foul pole. And I saw him hit it. I saw the ball go up. And I never saw it go down. And I, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I never did see it go down, but. Rumor After, has that it hasn't came down yet, actually. Yeah, I, that may be true. That may be why I never saw it. <laughs> but then the, yeah. the Helsley immaculate inning, too, it was just awesome. Um, but other other than my own personal experiences with the game, I haven't been super thrilled with the offense. Um, I think that, obviously, we we didn't actually strike out as much as I thought we did on our the last game with Montgomery on the mound. Um, I think there was only like two strikeouts, wasn't there? Yes, correct. Yeah. So I was not exactly upset with that. Uh, just the offense wasn't there. And we gave probably our hottest player right now, Edmund, the day off. Uh, and so did Gold- and Goldschmidt was off as well. But that's really no excuse. We got two hit by the worst team in baseball. Um, but, you know, I'm not, not going to – that happens. Those games happen. And – the fact that we're making contact is a good sign anyway. I'd rather lose – I'd rather get blanked on a two-hit game and have two strikeouts than weasel our way around a couple of runs and have 13 strikeouts on the day, you know. Um, so I guess I think that this team is just a few, you know, little things away from being right back where we were at the end of August. Because, yeah, the pitching really hasn't been too bad for the most part. We've hit some bumps in the road here and there. Control's been a little off. Um, but the bullpen's been good for the most part. Still not a lot of high scoring, super high scoring games from the other team. Uh, we'll see how that goes facing some potential playoff contenders here um, this coming week. But hopefully, you know, we just can string together a few hits because it can happen at any point in time uh, moving forward. So I'm not exactly upset, but it's just uh, it had a few bumps in the road, I guess. That's how I felt this week. Yeah, I agree with that statement, Whip. I mean, basically it was the entirety of the Reds series since we last recorded and Really, there's been little to no offense. I mean, what, two, three runs in game one versus the Reds? Another five or so in game two? 
And then, of Which course, the, the morning the morning game of the doubleheader wasn't too bad. Honestly, I watched that in the airport um, between flights, but that one wasn't too bad. I thought we were playing like a pretty good team. At that well, the point in time. the problem with that those two games that we played on Saturday is the you're right. The morning game was phenomenal. I was mm-hmm. so pumped about that morning game. Dakota Hudson went eight innings pitched, six hits, no earned. I mean, he pitched 102 pitches, and he came out and he pumped 71 strikes. That is mm-hmm. exactly what we've been asking Dakota Hudson to do all season long. And so I hope he can keep that up because if he can keep that up, he can be so beneficial for us moving forward. You like it, It's awesome. You know, We were hitting the ball. Edmund went three for five that game. Goldschmidt got a hit. Arenado got a hit. Carlson got a hit. I mean, Yachty went two for four. That that first game was phenomenal. And the mm-hmm. thing that I love about that first game is we had a total of two strikeouts as a team, and we had six walks as a team. Yeah. In any time that our walks outnumber our strikeouts, I'm going to be pumped. But the the bad thing about Saturday was they had that game that morning, come back for the night game. And it goes 11 innings. We score one run in the bottom of the 11th to win the game. And as a team, we had only five hits and 17 strikeouts. Yeah. That is just an abysmal like mix between the two whenever it was just six hours separating the game. It's like, how do you go from taking such good at-bats to just looking – absolutely atrocious like that mm-hmm. hunter green pitched six innings and he had 11 of those strikeouts like good god we made him look phenomenal yeah we did but just like there's just no consistency with this team right now it's it's just they're either at the low end of the spectrum where i have no faith and they're playing like dog crap or they they look like they're unbeatable and there's no mix in between yeah well, Kisner made the play of the game with that base running of his to score the winning run in game, what what would be game four versus the Reds, game two of the double hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I would if thought you told me that Kisner would have been the reason we won a game because of base running, I would have call, called you insane. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing about uh, we probably didn't deserve to win that game. I mean, obviously, no, we just got lucky. We're playing a crappy team, and also in that game, Quintana went went innings, allowed two hits, and struck out six. So, well, and I, I even like the game that we lost last against the Reds. I mean, Montgomery had nine strikeouts. He only went, what, five and a third, but still, I think that the pitching is there. It really is, and I think that it's if your pitching is there, it's only a matter of time before your offense gets hot again, especially with the offense we have. So, that's – I'm not too upset, I guess. I mean, I don't like to lose to the Reds, but there's worse ways to lose. There is one thing I was so pumped about. We saw the return of Steven Matz. Yeah, that was awesome. I did not I didn't necessarily like the fact of him coming out of the bullpen in the 11th inning, but god, he looked good. 
Well, he looked it's, awesome. It's, it's he had that fastball working 96 miles an hour. He he looked like he hadn't missed a beat from that start where he came out and he was immaculate back in July. He he looked awesome. He just wants to compete. I mean, I feel so bad for the guy. I feel so sorry for the guy um, that it happened to him, but he is battling, and that's an impressive comeback from that injury. I mean, it really is. And for once, I, I agree with Marmel's decision and, and bringing in a bullpen arm like Matt. You know he can give you two or three innings if he needed to. And possibly more while also working them back in. So, and Ollie, if you're listening to this, don't don't get your hopes up for us praising you much more than that. (laughs) Hey, I'll say that uh, I've I've been okay with Marmol recently. I'm not too upset with some of his decisions. Yeah. He's he's made a few that I've kind of found questionable, but overall, he's not nearly he's not making nearly the number of managerial mistakes that I would have said he was making in June and July. So, and I as think long that, as he's improving, and I think that that's probably just as we're gaining a little bit of confidence in the team that we have um, coming with a little bit more experience. Um, whether he will admit it to the media or not, I think he probably internally knows whenever he's made a mistake or something, and it seems mm-hmm. like he's learning from that. No, I, I think so too. I think he's definitely real with the decisions he makes. Like he gets burned for stuff, but he's not going to say that it's a mistake. He just truly is going to say, this is what I did. This is why I did it. And I'd do it again. He's confident in his things. But I think that even in the beginning of the season, seeing some of his moves, I may have even said that I, I didn't think Marmol would keep doing some of the weird stuff that he was doing through September in October because, you know, part of that is trying to figure out what works. And I think that we've got something that works. And the fact that they sent Gorman down to AAA really shows that we're trying to do big stuff because, I mean, really, why have him on the roster if he's not going to play? And if he does get – and he comes in and gets three strikeouts, you know, you might as well send him back down. Find your swing. Don't be ashamed of that. And bring up Yepes. Yepes is batting 280 in AAA right now, so bring him up. Exactly. The Cardinals are in win-now mode because they know it's going to be Yai, Alberts, and Wainwright's final season together. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, they want – I mean, it should be the hope and dreams of every – franchise to win a World Series, especially when you know three legendary faces of your franchise are going to retire this year or in the next two or three years. Yeah. I think that what we're going to see with Yepes being called up, I think that ultimately this gives you the perfect reason to just play Tommy Edmund at shortstop, Brendan Donovan at second base every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. With It's kind of tough because with Yepes, I mean, obviously you want him to get some at-bats because we saw how beneficial to this lineup he can be. I mean, he can hit for power. He was hitting for a decent average. Like, the guys know he's no, you know, slump up there at the plate he's no No. schmuck Uh, but at the same time it's like well if you have him in the dh spot like 
I kind of want Pujols to be getting some at bats here. So, well, uh, I think that really what we'll probably see is the same thing we've been seeing with seventh, eighth inning. We'll make some defensive changes in the outfield mm-hmm. and and put um, maybe Deluzio in center, move Burleson out of left or right field wherever he plays, probably right, and then um, maybe either that or take him out and put Yepes in for a couple at bats. I think that we'll probably see some of that action. Um, yeah especially if somebody's like not hot and I'm okay with those moves. Like that's, that's fine. Uh, you never know, but Newt Barr hasn't been swinging the bat as good recently as he, he, as he once was. So why not? You know, you need him on defense, especially with some of your other good defenders hurt, but if he's not swinging the bat, get him out of there in the seventh, eighth inning and put in some more speed out center with Deluzio and work around some other stuff. So I'm okay with that. And I think that that'll be a good good thing for Yepes as well to get in there. Because if you'll remember, having Yepes and Donovan earlier this year was awesome. Because you would have Yepes who, I mean, popped off 11 home runs quickly before he got hurt. And Donovan was always on base. So if we can get, get some of that going again, that would be very much needed, I think, yeah. moving forward. Especially this week against the Padres and the Dodgers. Oh, yes. We need all the help we can get against the Padres and Dodgers. So, tonight, um, who do the Padres have going anyway? They got Clevenger. Uh, Clevenger. So, that's, you know, there could be worse. Yeah. I, I mean, this might be a little bit blasphemous. I don't know. But um, just how he's performed this season, I... I don't feel great having Wayno on the mound. Um, uh, I think that recently rough on the road this year. Oh yeah, and, I mean it's not even that. It's just recently his control has been lackluster, and there's nothing. You know, the, it's not like you can pull him out. It's just let him let him get through it like he always has. He's an he's an ace. He'll get through it, but. Uh, you just gotta hope for your offense in that situation because we've we've relied on our offense before, right. and you know maybe Wainwright comes out and, and does Wainwright things, and I'll be happy with that. Um, but we'll see. You never know. Any day can be a guy's day. I mean, if you just told me that Dakota Hudson was gonna go out and get eight innings the other day, I would have called you crazy. Uh, so I don't know. You never know, especially with somebody that's as well, you know prominent and yeah, but... seasoned vet, so to speak. Yeah, that's true. It's just I don't know. Whenever you look at his home and away splits, he at home he's got a two point six ERA and away he's got a four point three ERA. So that's a mm-hmm. that's a little bit tough. He's pitched in seventeen home games and only twelve away games, but he does have thirty four earned runs in away. Pitched five games at home and only has earned runs. So I don't mm-hmm. know. He just, like I said, I'm not dogging Wayno or anything, but he's just. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not saying this is, is always true or that way it is true to begin with, but sometimes it does, does seem like the umps do favor the home team more than the away team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. 
if it's just because they're they're at Bush Stadium or Petco Park or Dodger Stadium, that, that they feel like they're pressured to give calls to a home team and instead of the away team, but it does feel like that sometimes. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't think we've ever even hit against Clevenger, have we? I'm not sure. That I can I find. I don't think we have. I know we have it this year. I mean, his whip is a 1.22 this year with 83 strikeouts through 98 innings pitched. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's ERA. Phenomenal season by any means. And quite frankly, no. the, the Padres have – I don't know. They might have been playing a little bit better recently, but they've just been overall for the past month and a half, two months, just been playing a little bit better than 500 balls. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and Clevenger is a career 3.3 pitcher, 3.3 yeah. ERA pitcher. So he's not, a, he's no slouch. Um, he's just not been pitching as well this year as he has been in the past. So I don't want to, you know, kind of, turn my nose up at him by any means no definitely and uh, and, no uh, and not and not to take anything away from Clevenger, but he has pitched in two pitchers parts his, his entire career in cleveland and now in san diego so yeah well it's not going to be a pitcher's park tonight whenever uh burleson gets his first mlb home run dude he's so due for it it's time. I'm I'm telling you, man, when he broke that bat, yeah, the, the broken bat fly out to the warning track, that is insane power. Like, I don't think very many people realize that. Most of the time, if you see a broken bat, it's a little looper over the first baseman's head, not a fly out to the warning track. Yeah, just think if that bat stay intact. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I, I couldn't believe that when I saw it. That was insane to me. Yeah. He, I, we, me and Red talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. That bats. He, he so far in the majors has batted better than what his average shows. I think. Um, oh yeah. He's and I think that honestly that that's probably why we're seeing him get consistent time and consistent at bats here. He's just. Yeah. He's only batting one fifty. God, he is. He's good at, just like he's, Brendan Donovan. 20 at-bats and only three hits, but he's got two walks and one strikeout. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's phenomenal. Yeah, and he's the hit the ball hard, strikes out 5% too. of the time. Yeah, he does. I mean, th- this year, he was the best hitter in AAA, and he had, a, like, a 16% strikeout rate throughout however many it's games awesome. he played. I, it's phenomenal. I just I love a guy who puts the ball in play because every time that the ball is put in play, you have a chance. Well, I'd like to see his hard hit percentage because even whenever he's gotten out, like sure he's grounded into a few, um, you know, easy routine plays, but there's also been like some really hard line drives, some big time flyouts. You know, he has hit the ball extremely well. Um, just unlucky, you know, hitting it at people. And like you say, the at-bats the at are unreal. It's just very first time up, 
he gets walked. Then right after that, he takes another good at bat. He'll take he'll be a guy who I think next year could be rookie of the year if he hits for power. Because I think that if Brendan Donovan hit ten more home runs, he would be rookie of the year candidate. But one Realistically, of the top rookie of the year candidates. It, honestly, I don't even know if it's the home runs. I would say if he didn't have a stint of a month and a half where they sat him on the bench and he didn't get to play, if he got to mm-hmm. play through that, I bet you he'd have a better chance at it than he does now. Probably, but you can't. Or, or you know if uh, Spencer Stryer didn't well, exist. That is just uh, yeah. okay. He is. We're a not dude. saying. Here's a weird stat I saw. Spencer Stryer is the fastest person to reach 200 career strikeouts. And he did accomplish that in 130 innings. The guy that he passed, Randy Johnson. Yeah, I did. Randy too. fucking Johnson. <laughs> who did 132 and two-thirds innings. I mean, for, for you, you listeners that don't understand how good Randy Johnson is, his slider was called Mr. Snappy. And his fastball was like 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Okay, Red, so and, you, you've got the choice now. You can either have Randy Johnson on the mound or Spencer Strider on the mound. Who are you going with? Because it seems like Spencer Strider's better than the big unit. This might, might just be me. But like, if, if we're talking ace, I'm taking Randy Johnson – because he's six foot ten, through kind of crossfire, sidearm, whatever you want to call it, hundred mile an hour fastball, a great slider. I mean, plus he pitched for like ever, so so he was durable. I mean, he played for the Expos and and Mariners in the late eighties. Finish his career in the mid to late 2000s. So, dude was a stud. And oh yeah, he he pitched in the steroid era. Since we're <laughs> since we're talking about these young guys, I do. I'm not trying to step on any toes with the minor league watch, but I will say that tonight Moises Gomez did tie the Cardinals minor league record in season uh, home runs and he because he hit home run number 37 tonight <laughs> so, holy cow well, that's ridiculous just, he, he's coming he's oh, a force yeah. to be reckoned with I think he needs to take some lessons from Burleson on at bats though he might <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't hurt <laughs> he coming action. yeah he, he coming he coming back, but only if he takes it back. <laughs> I think that uh, okay. I'd like to. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, somebody, Scott, bring some comedy to this. Uh, you you bring the comedy. You bring bring the ruckus. Isn't that what's that? Is that the Wu Tang Wu Tang Clan? Redmond is Wu Tang Clan. He's bringing the ruckus. Redmond, what do you what do you know about Wu Tang? 
Not very much. <laughs> you missed an opportunity there, Red. Yeah. Figured I did, but being what honest you, what here. What do you know about Wu-Tang, Jake? Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with is what I know. Oh, that's okay. You and I know the same thing. Apparently, Red doesn't. <laughs> oh, well. That's okay, Red. You'll just have to get cultured in the Wu-Tang. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> not to move off of Wu-Tang completely, but, you know, uh, I got a hit on it again. This past week, Cardinals bullpen has once again been pretty decent. Mm-hmm. All things considered, pretty um, decent. They actually look pretty damn good to me. All right, sorry, Red. I'll just uh, shut the hell up, and you can take over. Uh, now. My bad. Outside a few, a few guys, of course, but for for the large part, they look good. I mean, Helsley's immaculate, and, and Matt's coming in. Gallegos, I think, got into a game or two and looked good. So, yeah, I think all things considered, they look pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, you know, I, I was, I was thinking that they looked pretty good too, and I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna take that away from you, but uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm used to it at this point. <laughs> but by the way, Moises Gomez. Currently, this season has a thirty-eight point nine percent strikeout rate. In case you were wondering, like I said, he coming only if he take good, good, bad. Yeah, but what's his average? Um, dang it! Hold on, I just had it pulled up. His average is twenty in twenty twenty two. It's two ninety eight. Okay, well, okay, if I'll you can bat two ninety eight and hit 37 bombs, I don't really give a rat's ass how many times you're striking out at that rate. Yeah, he only has 87 RBIs. See, but in other people who should not be named, like Paul DeYoung, whenever you have more strikeouts than you do hits this year, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, that is that is an issue. His, let's see how many hits he does have this year. So he has... Well, actually... Um, he does have more strikeouts than hits. It looks Good like. God! And he still batted two ninety eight. There's no way. Yeah, he has one hundred twenty three hits and four hundred thirteen at bats. Thirteen is that's two ninety eight average. And then if you he has one hundred and sixty one strikeouts, so one sixty one divided by four thirteen. Yeah. Or thirteen, yeah, hmm. that's uh, three eighty nine strikeout rate. Well, thirty eight point nine percent. He's hitting the ball either way. <laughs> he hits. The, he's he's, he's hitting. The, he's hitting the hell out of it. So, well, the the other opportunity is like if you get a guy that's batting cleanup or third or whatever, and he's going to hit thirty seven home runs in a year. I I don't care if he can bat three hundred. He can strike out the other seven you know, 40% of the time, and and, and that's fine uh, as long as he's driving in runs. You know, if he gives your team a chance to win, it's whenever you have your hard-hit ball percentage is, uh, you know, minuscule. And then 
your strikeout rate is ridiculously you know, like skyscraper high. That like Paul Dion, that is an issue. Um, if you at least hit the ball hard, it's okay. And yeah. he's only 23, 24 years old. So yeah, it, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a hot take. Well, this is not going to be a hot take. This is going to be a hot prediction. Um, I think in the next 10 years, cards are three World Series. Oh, that's awesome. You're, are we? I'd like to win one this year. To keep the nest years to know whether I'm right or think that we have the ability to win one with the team right now with the, you know, Arnado, especially mm-hmm. if we're going to have a healthy Mats coming and Jordan Montgomery, the way that they've been pitching, if they can solidify our starting rotation. I think we can win one with the squad right now. And I think we have all the ability in the world to win some behind Moises Gomez, Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Connor P. Jerpy. Uh, Jerpy. <laughs> I think it's Herjip Jerpy, but. Uh, <laughs> now it's Jerpy. Jesus Christ, Fred. Yeah. You were going for the throat. But, anyways, just the prospects yeah, that we I, have. I, Alec I, Burleson, I. We, we could win two more with those guys easy, I think. Damn it, I had a whole segment on Connor Derpy during All-Star Week. Well, I I, um, I think, well, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to call you out, but it's a Derpy. <laughs> a Derpy. I, I, I do agree I, with I you, will f- I will find you and kick you in the throat. <laughs> Yeah, hell of a kick. <clears throat> I do agree with you, though. I think that uh, I mean, I don't, I don't anticipate us having all of these guys. Though I could see us, you know, trading off one of those big, big name prospects. Maybe um, I'm not saying it's one of them that you've mentioned, but somebody like them. We yeah, um, we could to get a team to grab an extra arm. You know, like if yeah. we could get uh, one more really good starter that would help us. I would take one more, you know, lights out starter over, right. you, know, you know, maybe a potential Moises Gomez. Yeah. <clears throat> and I love Moises Gomez. And I've talked about him a lot. I think I love Burleson more though. <laughs> uh, I mean, at, at least we're not the Oakland A's, right? Sure. At least we're not, not the athletes who, for for the love of them, can't can't even get their fans the the you know be proper fans. Yeah, because I, I saw on Twitter two weeks ago that somebody caught two fans doing a oh my dirty dirty in the stand in the upper deck. Redmond, you're trying to act like that's just so blasphemous and everything, but everybody knows damn well that that's your fantasy. Well, I'm not going to say it's not, but <laughs> but not, not, not in Everyone public. knows that your fantasy is sitting up there in Big Mac land, just getting some sweet little rub and tug and seeing – Pujols go absolute yard for his 700th bomb. Like that is that is your fantasy. That would 
that that actually might might actually be be a dream I had once. <laughs> <laughs> now, now let me bring it up. I actually might dreamt that one once. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Well, another point I want to bring up about this past week. This is the second uh, lackluster start in a row we've seen out of Jack Flaherty. Mm -hmm. Um, This is his third one since he came back. The first one, I was kind of hopeful. Uh, The most, the recent one where he pitched against the Nats, I believe. Uh, Or was the Nats his first one or was the Pirates his first one? Nationals. Okay, so his second outing, then whenever he faced, faced the Pirates, again, I was like, okay, there was some good points, but there were some points that were bad here. And then he just, same thing in this start against the Reds. In which, whenever we had Chad on a couple weeks ago, we talked about, hey, this is a good opportunity for, you know, Flaherty to kind of get his mojo back. He's facing three lackluster teams, and all that he's done is come out and showed that he sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't know yeah. a better way to put it. Yeah, yeah hopefully he, he can string together some some better uh, performances because we really do need him. I mean, we really need him. Yeah. I mean, he's struggled against three teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention, Nationals, Pirates, and Reds. So if he, he's not looking to get – good against teams that you know are are just playing out the stretch i don't know no. and uh, how he'll work against a team like the dodgers or the padres or yeah. you know any team that's actually you know playing for their playoff rights well and realistically i mean if dakota hudson comes out and gives us another dominant performance like he had I'm saying goodbye to the Flaherty experiment. Go to the bullpen, do something. I don't know, and I'm just I'm going to give the starting job back to Hudson. Yeah, you know or because I, Matt. Yeah, or or Stephen Matz. That's what I'm saying. I. It might be just a little bit too late to give Stephen Matz a shot with only two weeks left in the season, but damn, I would love to see it. Well, I also think it's too early to give Hudson his starting role back as well. That's what that he needs at least one more dominant start. Uh, yeah. Because the, the only thing that I think that Hudson has over Flaherty in this situation is just the experience of pitching all year. Uh, Hudson's pitched in the big leagues and been in the starting rotation since, you know, the beginning of time this year. Mm-hmm. And granted – whether it's been great or not, he does have that experience where Flaherty doesn't. True. Exactly. And I think that he also has a better mentality than Flaherty does in general. Uh, and I think we that just, plays we a just big part. hate Flaherty's attitude on this show, don't we? I don't yes. Think, I don't think we're the only one. Either. I don't know if we've ever had a good thing to say about it, quite frankly. Yeah. No, it's. it's I mean, uh, I, I went off on the last week. You did. I, I do remember. Listen, you guys did a really good job last week, by the way. Uh, I you know, I thought I thought all things considered, it went oh, it went pretty decent. Considering I thought it was good. Um, I considering wish a third, considering a third of our, you know, team was gone. 
yeah, there was a few parts I wish I would have done just a little bit more research, been just a little bit more prepared. But we we got the job done. We're that's that's how it is, you know. We're we're kind of like the Cardinals this year. We're gonna have to overcome adversity. We're gonna have to, or not overcome adversity. I guess we're gonna. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, oh yeah. I don't. You're gonna uh, beat. You're gonna beat the shit out of the competition. Is what you're yeah. trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're everyone's gonna count us out. Think, oh, there's no way that. Big Red and Rim can handle this, and by God, we came out and we shoved down their throat. <laughs> you guys did a good job. In all reality, I'm I'm serious. You guys did a good job. Well, thank you. That now, now the next challenge is you two doing the show without me. No challenge. <laughs> when when is that coming? Give it to us. Well, if he, no getting, if he keeps being lippy, it might be quicker than everybody thinks. <laughs> Come at me, bro. <laughs> well, I can tell you I wasn't missing this week because it is 3.23 in the morning uh, in Vienna, Austria. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just want to say that this is I, this is kind of a weird anomaly. This is, might be the first and last time this ever happens on The Nest, but we're, we're recording at two different dates right now. We are, yeah. It's currently uh, September 21st here. And it's still September 20th here. So I don't know. I, it's pretty cool. Time travel. I can tell you, I've already seen the future. Um, and there's really not much, not much happening in the future, yeah. by the way. Seven hours ahead, whenever you guys, seven hours from now, you guys won't think anything of it, just like me. I've, I've already seen it all. So just keep that in mind. Hell, hopefully seven hours from now, I'm sleeping. I wonder what is it how does it go like let's say you were to pull up the cardinal schedule right now. Yeah. I have um, I have it up in front of me. So does it say that on so, September 21st they're playing the first no, game against the Padres? Oh. It's off. Listen to this that's what I I knew that we had yesterday off. Like I knew that yeah, in my head. Did. But I have it right here in front of me and it said Tuesday the 20th at 3.40 a.m. So oh. that was yesterday morning at 3.40. And I was like, something doesn't make sense here. Um, why the hell? I thought we had today off. Well, that was because Tuesday at 3.40 a.m. was actually Monday. In St. Louis time would be like 8, 8 o'clock or so. Gotcha. Um, so it still shows Tuesday the 20th because that's when the Cardinals play, but it shows 3.40 a.m., which is actually on the 21st. So it's kind of – it gets really screwy. Um, but, meh, you know, it's not it, – it, you just got to know what you're doing, I guess. And I did not know what I was doing yesterday because I was like, do I need to wake up at 3.40 in the morning and watch the Cardinals even though they may not be on? <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. But I didn't. I slept like a baby. Now, so, tonight, I'm not sleeping at all because I'm so messed up. <laughs> so moving moving away from what the Cardinals have done this past week, we already talked about this series with the Padres just a little bit. But let me – I want to know your guys' thoughts on these potential pitchers we have in the series against the Padres and then against the Dodgers. So our projected starters, we have um, uh, Wainwright going tonight, mm-hmm. Michaelis tomorrow, and Flaherty on Thursday against the mm-hmm. Padres. Quite frankly, I don't, I don't feel real confident in that group. Um, I think we'll be doing good to win the series. 
just based off of the starters alone, simply for the fact that I know we're going to lose the Flaherty start. And uh, Michaelis has just been so hit or miss recently. He is just not – it It seems like he's having trouble finding the strike zone. He's given up lots of hits when he shouldn't be. I just don't know how his starts are going to go anymore at this point. Well, and something that I wanted to say, uh, I don't remember if it was a couple of weeks ago or maybe I thought about it whatever I was listening to you guys last week. Um, I was thinking about Michaelis – is a career better um, first half pitcher than he is a second half pitcher. Really? In general. Yeah. They were talking about that, I think on the radio. Uh, So they say a lot of times he's hit or miss uh, in Mm -hmm. September. You never really know what you're going to get. And I don't know why that is. It's a weird game, I guess. It's a mental, probably a mental thing. Um, Every year he's probably talking, thinking about that. But he has significantly declined in his past five starts, probably. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. We'll see moving forward how that goes. I hope not. See, and so the reason I brought that up was, but then going in the three-game set against the Dodgers, projected starter of game one, Quintana, who's Mm -hmm. coming off of a phenomenal outing. Mm -hmm. Game two, Montgomery, who's just an absolute dog. Mm -hmm. And game three we have Wainwright going again potentially Mm -hmm. Hudson I don't know where we fit Hudson in there maybe Um, Mm -hmm. which I quite frankly I feel so much better about our starters against the Dodgers than I do against the Padres and maybe that's how it should be yeah granted you're facing a tougher more difficult team probably a team that if we make it to the NLCS we're going to meet there in the Dodgers so yeah wouldn't that be fun Oh, yeah. You know, the, the Dodgers are a hellacious team this year, but you just have to think historically, we, we've been the Dodger killer in the postseason. Yeah, we have been. And I just, yeah. I would love to see a hot bat in Goldschmidt and Arenado and Pujols going up against a hot bat in like Freeman, Betts, and Turner. Like, yeah. oh, that would be a phenomenal series. I'm, I'm eager to see what ends up happening. I mean, I'm going to jump way ahead of myself, but I don't feel like the Dodgers next year will win 80 games. I really don't. I think that they're going to fall apart. Oh, uh, bold prediction. I was going to say, that is bold. What makes you think that? I think that they're going to – I think that the Cubs are going to end up picking up a bunch of people too. Um, I think that Trey Turner will not be with the Dodgers. And I think that – what is Josh Turner at at, – who's their third baseman? Um. Well, Turner, Slash, Monty. Yeah. I was say, Turner does more DHing now, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. not going to. He's probably. He, not I mean, he's also team. like 36 years old, so. Yeah. But he does well, make a what, difference. And I think that, that. Go ahead, Red. That's why I said Turner, Slash, Monty is because they kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Turner's actually 37, so. Yeah. And he's having a good year. Um, but well, I I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a bold prediction for sure to win. Uh, they'll probably win eighty. They'll probably win closer to eighty-five. I'm gonna say, but I, they will not be a hundred-win team like they are this year. No way. That's a bold and, prediction. And, but and and while while we're on the topic of the Dodgers, I'd like to send condolences to the Dodger organization and to the Weld family due to the passing of. Dodger last legend Mari Wells, who passed away, I believe, earlier today or late last night at the age of 89. That's nice of you. It's nice of you, Red. 
Um, I was also going to talk about Tony Gonzalez a little bit. He's definitely kind of, uh, he's not recovering the way that they expected him to from that forearm strain. I was going to uh, say, is he still on the IL from that? He, he is, and he is not recovering. Like, he's not at all where they want him to be. Well. So, I also don't really think that, um, oh, what's his name? That they got from uh, the Braves. Oh crap! Who? What is it? Who am I thinking of? Help me out. What position? Freddie Freeman. Yeah, Freddie Freeman, first base. I don't think that he's going to have the breakout year that he's having. I mean, next year. I don't know. Freddie Freeman's top five hitter in the game. Oh, he is no doubt. But I just think that. This year he's batting like three thirty five. There's no way he's going to do that again. I'm I'm being captain negative. I know. But. I don't know. One guy in that Dodgers roster that I would bet on, it'd be Freddie Freeman. Well, I mean, just thing collect, you're a betting man. Just collect. Um, since 2016. He has had one season that he's batted under 300, and that was 2019 when he batted 295. That's true. So I all bets are off on me for Freddie Freeman because that son of a bitch can hit the ball. That's true. He can't hit the damn ball. Completely hits the ball. So. How old is he? 30? 30? Uh, I think he's like 33 or something like that. Oh, he is 33. Oh, he just turned 33. 33 and eight days. Wow. I was going to say he's 32, 33. Still in his prime. Yeah, I think that 33 is a good age. I think that next year, and I know we're doing a lot of talk about the Dodgers, and that's what not we're listening to the show for, but I think that if the Dodgers make any – big time run like they are this year it is heavily 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 going to have to rely on Freeman and Betts because uh, I don't think that they'll have yeah. Trey because Trey Turner's a free agent right at the end of this year yeah uh, yeah. yeah so is Ju- Justin Turner there's probably I don't know I they might Josh sign Turner him. <laughs> earlier Maybe lock the door and turn the lights <laughs> down low lights down low <laughs> Um, just, I mean, he might return on like a DH contract or something like that, but um, yeah, maybe we'll see. But, I mean, I mean I, they're still going to be a good I think team. Kershaw's a, I think Kershaw's a free agent as well. At he the ain't going year. anywhere. No, I don't think so either. I think that so, their pitching uh, is what's going to have to be dominant next year. Yeah, cause, well, I, the I thing is, it's like the fact that Kershaw. Could possibly move on from the Dodgers. Well, if you remember whenever we sat against them in St. Louis, uh, that lineup they have right now is just so relentless. It's like everybody from top to bottom can hurt you in that batting lineup. And I think that that's probably going to be what carries them through in this uh, in this postseason. Because, I mean, if you remember, what Jake, what did we have them down that one game? Like 6-1, to 5-1, to one, and they came back yeah. and won it? It all this runs after the seventh inning, and it's like it, it, you can get burned by everybody in that lineup. And I think that's what's going to make them a tough team in the postseason. I think mm-hmm. that's what's ultimately going to—I don't want to say guarantee, but 
almost guarantee them a spot in the NLCS at least. Um, yeah. Well, I think that you're like, definitely like on to something. They're, uh, they're going to have some pieces of that that go missing. They are, but I also think that they definitely can do damage against any team with that the offense that they have. Oh, yeah. But they were also facing a very different Cardinals bullpen than what it is now, I believe. This is true, yeah. I think that you put in that bullpen that we have today, we win that game 6-1. to one. I really I do think so. Maybe 6-2, to two, but still, we don't give up runs like that, like we were. Um, I mean, there's a, I, I think that there's a big difference between what we have now and what we did have. I feel like we've completely made a 360 in in three months. Um, yeah. You mean you mean a one A? Oh, yeah. Sorry. We we looped it all the way right back around to where we started. Oh, uh, hopefully not. <laughs> no, I I agree with you, and I think that I mean I'm not trying to toot our own horn here or anything. As speaking like you know the Cardinals, but uh, at the end of this week, we're potentially looking at a NLCS matchup. Yeah. That this series is going to tell a lot. This this week is the most important week of baseball that we've had since the All-Star break. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree this is an important one. The, and if we I would... get, and I kid I cannot tell you how ecstatic I would be if we came out of this with two series wins. I would be so pumped. Yeah. I think I would be legit shitting myself. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I read it, but I just, I want you to be so happy you shit yourself. <laughs> I would love, I don't want to be there for it, but I just want to get the message and be like, hey guys, I just want you to know I just shit my pants. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. <laughs> uh... And kind of some bad news: the Brewers are beating the Mets four to nothing currently. I'm not one- scared of those stupid ass Brewers. I'm not scared of the Brewers either. I just want them to lose so that way they can, suck. We can clinch a little. Well, the, the Mets are a bunch of complainers. They 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 <laughs> lean over the plate, get lead the MLB in hit by pitches because of it. And then blame the pitcher for hitting them. I mean, come on, New York. How mu- how much of pansies are you? Well, okay. Well, we now know that Redmond has a vendetta against the Mets. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I have ever since they almost hit Arenado in the head. <laughs> well, um, I saw an interesting. Uh, thing on Twitter today that there was a bunch of people debating who wins National League Manager of the Year. Everyone's calling, everyone's saying that it's going to be Buck Showalter of the Mets, but there was a few, there was a few people that kept commenting Ollie Marmol is a dark horse candidate, and I mean, I I don't know. I mean, maybe from an outsider's perspective, Ollie deserves it. I. He's. I mean, I'm not ever going to complain with a team that's 87 and 61 right now with two weeks to play. I'll never yeah. complain about that. I'm pumped about that. But the thing about Buck Showalter is, it's like, oh yeah, they've already clinched 94 and 55, whatever. But the thing is, that team, yes, exactly. They bought. They bought every single 
player that they have. It's like you could well, have Lindor, Scherzer. I mean, Edwin Diaz, who quite possibly has the be- best reliever song. So, okay. I, still, Redmond, shut up! I don't give a fuck about the reliever songs. I'm talking about <laughs> payroll. <laughs> I'm just saying, with that Mets team that they have, you could put a goddamn monkey out there to manage that team and, and lead them to 85 wins. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think that you're right. I think that it actually they actually do have the highest payroll. It's not one of the highest. I think it is the highest. And then I think Dodgers are second. Well, I wasn't for sure, so I wasn't going to – Say they did and they don't. So, well, I I will be the one to be wrong, and I'm okay with being wrong. If I am wrong, then bite me, I guess. <clears throat> but no, I agree. Um, that that's the thing is the Cardinals have the twelfth highest payroll, the twelfth or right in the middle of the pack, which is cool with me. I'd re- yeah. honestly, I'm I'd like to see us in the top ten. I'd oh, like yeah. us to go out and spend some money this well, offseason. What would you guys – this is something I wanted to bring up in the past. Uh, Jacob deGrom is a – Oh, my um, God. I would offer agent. every single thing I could to get Jacob deGrom on. The would you? I was just I curious. That he I, is I so would offer my good. right arm. I would well, offer damn near every pitcher in our starting rotation right now just to get Jacob deGrom. Yeah. I, I I think that that's valid. I just didn't know what everybody thought because his past with injuries and stuff. But I don't give a damn. Yeah. Screw it. Any any guy that has like, wh- what's the what's the record he has for like games with three or less earned runs? It's something ridiculous that he has. I bring him a on. I, no, I yeah, bring him on. I would love to have Degrom. I think. Ultimately, I think that not even with Degrom, but I feel like that's something that the Cardinals have been missing for like a long time. We just—I mean, when was the last time we had a true shutdown ace? I don't it's, know. It, it, I mean, I guess if you want, you could argue that Wayno has been a, uh, an ace for a lot of his career, but I'm sorry, Wayno in his prime is nowhere even close to Jacob deGrom right now at 36 years old. There's no comparison. I mean, Prime Wainwright and Chris Carpenter are the closest things we've had to shut down Ace. But, yeah, they're not near the level of Jacob deGrom. I would love... I mean, and like I said, it's not just deGrom. I, I would just... I would love for the Cardinals to have just like that guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a DeGrom or a Scherzer or a Chris Sale or uh, I don't know. Who am I missing? Like Dallas Keuchel with whenever he was phenomenal. Like just mm-hmm. give me that guy. Like a, like a Jake Arrieta whenever he was with the Cubs and just absolutely dominated us for so long. A guy like that, please. I agree. We need one lights out pitcher for sure. I mean, um, we could go get yeah, Corbin Burns. I guess we could. It would be difficult. The but speaking of uh, interdivision drama, what about uh, Wilson Contreras? Have you guys been uh, keeping up I'm with in. any of that? I'm all in. I'm in. 
Give, give me uh, give me a guy that I can trust putting behind home plate every day, and I'm all in. Well, it won't be every day. Well, um, you know what I mean. But, I mean, yeah. if if you get Jacob DeGrom on the team – or not Jacob DeGrom. You get Contreras on the team with uh, Yachty gone, he's automatically your number one starting catcher. Like, Andrew Kisner is pushed to the side, buddy. You can You can start one game every 10 days whenever he needs a break, but – Contreras is our guy. Well, I think that there's real talks that we can speculate about. We can actually speculate about that instead of imagining a Jacob DeGrom on the team. We can actually speculate that we might get a Wilson Contreras. I would love it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's fun to hate guys on the other team and the Cubs and stuff. It's like I hated Contreras for a long time, but I hated him because that Cubs team he was on and himself are so damn good and they just wrecked us. Well, and to be honest with you, I could care less about, honestly, how many games Contreras gives you behind the plate. Obviously, he's got a cannon behind the plate, and that's awesome. But I I like the fact that he's a catcher who bats two, who can bat 280. Yeah. That's what, the only thing that I – which we don't really have. Uh, we and haven't had for years. Yeah. So wouldn't it be kind of cool? I mean, not saying we got like kind of going away from these acquisitions we have, but like thinking about the guys that we've got in the offseason or something, wouldn't it be awesome for Steven Matz if we beat the Mets in the postseason? Or wouldn't it be awesome for Montgomery if we beat the Yanks in the World Series or something like that? Like that that would have to be an amazing feeling. Oh yeah, that's that would be awesome. Or wouldn't it feel awesome for Quintana if we beat the Pirates? No, oh, I'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was come a dog. on, come on. The Pirates are are long eliminated. Do you guys ever just look at the NL Central and you're like, God, I kind of feel bad for some of these teams, honestly. Oh yeah, I uh, always feel bad uh, for Cincinnati. They don't like, have any fans at their no. games. It's like I, I mean, on one hand, like I don't want them to be good because we that just allows us to be good every year. But at the same time, it's like I just feel bad for the organizations because they have just, for the most part, been shit for so long. It's I like mean, the, it's like the Cubs, you know, they finally broke out of their slump and had a won a championship in 2017, but 2016 or 2016, whatever it was. Sorry, once again, my bad. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, man, I just. I want some competitive baseball. Yeah. I, I mean, the the Brewers, since joining the NL Central, have been highly inconsistent. The Reds and Pirates have, have both sucked. And then the Cubs have had one magical season. And that's really about all the competition the Cardinals have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would love it with the three wild card teams right now. I would love it if in the next five to ten years, you know, we're seeing three teams come out of the NL Central in the playoffs. I would love that. I would love to face the Reds, play a, play a series at Great American Ballpark in the postseason and just watch each team hit four bombs. Like, that would mm-hmm. be awesome. Or yeah. could you imagine a postseason series at PNC Park, arguably the most beautiful park in the country? Yeah, no, but, I, but, but that's going to be during football season, 
and Pitt, Pittsburgh's a football town. Oh, my God. Maybe they're only a football town now because the Steelers have been so good for so long and that the Pirates have been so ass for so long. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the Pirates had, like, what, two or three good years from, like, 14 to – 16 or 13 to 15. But I mean, realistically, Red, what I'm trying to say is, I mean, like, I know we weren't around for this, but, like, Cardinals attendance at the games and stuff was pretty pretty abysmal before we uh, made the big acquisition of Mark McGuire, and then everything really took off and kind of catapulted us into the state we are now. But before that, you know, we weren't in a good state. Well, not for not since the 80, 82, 83, 84 era. So I'm saying that it's like one of those things. It's like if you have, like if you're a town that you've got one sports franchise that is uber successful and one that's not, why would you go to the one that's not whenever you can just support the one that is? Mm-hmm. All I'm saying oh, is well. there's a lot of fair weather friends out there, and all yeah. it takes is a little bit of a little bit of positivity to bring those people to the ballpark. That's right, a little bit well, of positivity. Well. Well, think, think about the 90s, the two, two professional sports teams in St. Louis at the time were, were the Cardinals and the Blues. And the Blues, had, and the Blues had some good years in the 90s. Well, uh, I mean, the Rams, too. They, when did they move to well, St. Louis? Late 90s, like 96. You got to re- remember, yeah, they, won a, the... they won a – Super Bowl. The greatest show on turf. Yeah. They won a Super Bowl. Kurt Warner. I mean, regardless of all of that, all I'm saying is I think that the Cubs are going to be pretty good next year. They're going to make some big moves because they're under so much pressure to spend money. Yeah. I think that in order to be good, they have to make big moves. They will. They will. They're going to. I'm almost sure they're going to make some huge moves. And so I'd love to see Cardinals-Cubs big-time rivalry at big games, you know, splitting series whatnot. And the Brewers being, you know, 85 win team, which they can be. And I'd like to, see, I think that the Reds will be good soon. I don't see the Pirates yeah. being good, but I, the I Reds have some yeah. good players. They really do. Some young I guys, especially. I mean, Pirates have some good players as well. Key Brian Hayes is a genera- generational third baseman. He's a third mm-hmm. baseman of the future. O'Neill Cruz, I didn't think he was going to be anything, but damn, can he hit that ball hard. Mm-hmm. He's right there. Uh, well, what, what was that room? Big Red was right about about somebody. Well, I can tell you. All right, O'Neal guys, Cruz. thanks for listening to the Nest. I think we're going to call it an early show this week. <laughs> I can tell you, O'Neill Cruz is a thug. I mean, I don't mean that in a negative connotation, but I kind of do. He's just so rude. He threw that bat into the stands, and then he just walked away like I don't care who that hit. I don't. I'm not looking over my shoulder. Did you guys see that? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh! He hit. He swung the bat and it slipped out of his hands, and he threw it so high over the uh, netting, up the. I guess maybe it was a first baseline. I don't know, and it like landed. Fortunately, it didn't hurt anybody, but it hit a fan, and he didn't even turn to look and see where the bat went. He just like walked away. It's like I don't care. <laughs> oh my god! I just don't really like him that much. But that's just me. He's an awesome ball player. Yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> okay, well, uh, you guys want to get to players of the week? 
Oh, I forgot about that. We should probably start wrapping things up too. Before yeah, too we're long. we're we're getting a little off topic here, but it's okay. It's okay. My player of the week's Tommy Edmond. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say it. I think anytime that Tommy Edmond is, is doing good, um, I'm always gonna pick Tommy Edmond. It doesn't matter if there's even a better player, I'm still gonna pick Tommy <laughs> Edmond. That's completely fair. Just because well, I know love what? him. I'll, I'll mix mine up. I'm, you know, that this is this is purely this is purely uh, speculative and just based off of what I saw when I was watching games, not the stats. Alec Burleson, Player of the Week, just he takes mm-hmm. takes at bats that are too good for me to not give him some recognition since my number one guy got stolen. But buddy, just keep not striking out. I love you so much. Just keep it up. I'm gonna buy a Burleson jersey. Oh yeah, for sure. I am going to get a Tommy Edmond jersey too. Why would you eventually. not? It'd be dumb not to. In victory blue, yeah, that would be oh, so yeah. cool. We'll get one of every color. Yeah. <laughs> but big red. Who's yours? Well, uh, my player of the week and Boom Shakalaka Award winner is Ho- Jose Quintana, Terrible and he choice. threw <laughs> he, he he threw eight. Allowed two hits and struck struck out six against the the Reds in the eleven inning game and eight, eight shutout innings, my I add. So he he threw a pretty good game, can all considered. Yeah, he it was all play. right. I mean, it was against the Reds, so I'm just kidding. Quintana had a Awesome game. You know what? Speaking of that, you want to know what I loved about that game Quintana pitched? Uh, Marmol went out there in the eighth inning whenever he – what did he – I think he had one out, and they had just hit a double off of him, so he had a guy on second at one out. Marmol walks out to the mound, and everyone's expecting, you know, he's going to get taken out of the game. Marmol talks to him a little bit. You see Quintana go, I've got this. No doubt, I've got this. Mm-hmm. Marmol turned around and walked straight back to the dugout, and Marmol got a round of applause from the fans because he left him in, and it it worked out for him. So, big dick move by Marmol and Quintana, and I loved it. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm a dog, Jose Quintana. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> it was awesome. Well, and I like the fact that. It seems like Marmol's finally putting a little bit of faith and trust in the players themselves. Because um, how many times this year have we seen him prematurely pull a guy, or the guy's been in a tough situation and been a, went ahead and pulled him? But I'm glad it seems like we're past that. Yeah, we are. Hopefully, especially guys like uh, we've seen it with guys like I'm not going to say Quintana is the same caliber, but. He did that to Montgomery a couple of times. And Montgomery was pissed. I don't think he'll make that mistake again. <laughs> but All well, right. What do we got for a minor league watch? Uh, no. I'm sorry. Um, I don't have anything. Craig's with. All right. Well, and Moises I, Gomez hits his 37th <laughs> home run. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I hope that uh, oh, everyone I did, can uh, forgive me. I did see something the other day that we could talk about a little bit. Um, 
I don't remember the full roster. This is just off my head, but I did see that they released the roster that was going to the Arizona Fall League. Mm-hmm. And it, it was the guys that you were kind of thinking would Jordan Walker is going to be there. Yeah. Mason Wynn's going to be there. Um, who's that other? We have a left-handed pitcher, not Libertor, but Connor Thomas. Jerpy. like that? No. No. Yeah. There's another. Not- is Connor Thomas one? Uh, I don't remember what his name is. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I, I was thinking Cooper Jerpy, my bad. Yeah, there, there's a there's a A pitcher that we have going, but also going is Tink Hintz. Oh, really? That's kind of cool. So he's going to be getting a lot of tougher competition up there, which I'm pumped about. See how he performs and ready for that. I hope he does some really special things. I think uh, he's going to. Yeah. Now, wet, wet, rim's coming for your job. Well, that's okay. I've spent a lot of hours on an airplane and trains and public transportation, and I just didn't have have time, and I'll make all excuses that I want. So (laughs) he can have it if he wants it this week. Nope, I'm good. Just this week. Sure, I'll take it just this week, but other than that, I'm good. But Yeah, that's, that's cool with me. Red, do you have a list for us this week? Yes, I do. It's uh, This time it's not, not a top ten, but a top five with two honorable mentions. And it's the top five possible expansion cities. Here we go. The two, the two, two honorable mentions are Orlando, Florida. I'm thinking for their name inspiration. It would be something to do with magic or, or the entertainment industry. Do you, Disney having a big impact there? And the second honorable mention is Charlotte, North Carolina. And that name inspiration possibly coming from royalty. Or possibly airplanes, or the airplane industry. <laughs> well, I I have a question for you, Rick. To Orlando, if you think that they were going to have a Disney-inspired name, what just what do you think? Well, <laughs> well, I'm not saying Disney-inspired directly. I'm just thinking like wiz- wizards or actors or something like that. Or. Uh... I don't know. Mickey Mouse Club. The House. Mickeys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pluto's. The Donald Ducks. Mm-hmm. Anyways, okay. So that, that's the two honorable mentions. Now, number five is Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, they, they've already got a minor league te- team. But I th- think. If there, there was a major league team, now Albuquerque, I th- think New, New Mexico's, you know, you know ties to to the Roswell crash that happened. It could be something along the lines of like UFOs or aliens or something to do with the desert, since mm. it's. Out in New Mexico. I think it's probably going to be the um, coyotes, the coyotes, the wily coyotes, or maybe the roadrunners. The (laughs) roadrunners. There it is. Or maybe the humongous cactuses. (laughs) 
Well, well, those are all things that you can find in deserts. So <laughs> they could be the. What else can you find in desert sand? Uh, lizards. Lizards. There you go. Yeah, tarantulas maybe. <laughs> the New Mexico salt flats. <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> all right. Keep it moving. Not number four is Portland, Oregon. Okay. And, and and I've actually got three full-fledged names for this team. Okay. Either the either either the Portland Beavers, the Portland Otters, or so, like, like something like the Portland Sasquatches <laughs> or, or something because just because the Pacific Northwest does have a lot of reported signs of Bigfoot. So oh, I'm aware. I don't. I don't um, think that they would go by Sasquatches. <laughs> really, they would probably go by. I, I think Portland is a very, very uh, good opportunity for an expansion team because I mean, you got to think about it. There's lots of people up there in the Northwest, and really, they've only got your one baseball team in Seattle to cheer for. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that a team up there in Portland would be a really good expansion. I think so. That's that uh, Battered Bastards of Baseball Netflix show is out of uh, Portland. That's a pretty good story. You should watch it. Okay. What's next, Red? Number three is Nashville, Tennessee. And and like Albuquerque, they've all already got a triple-A team or double-A, but Still, they got the Tennessee Titans. They got the Nashville Predators. Vanderbilt, the university's located there. So they've got a bunch of too. Yeah. So so you'd think that there'd be a good market there, mm-hmm. and of course, since it's Nashville, you've got to go go country music. Yeah, well, in, in Nashville, Nashville is one of the fastest growing cities in America, so that that wouldn't shock me at all either. N- number two, I've got Montreal, Canada, and the only except ex- acceptable name for a new expansion club would be the Expos in Montreal. You really and think number- that they would take? You really think that they would take, they would split from the already existing franchise that is the Washington Nationals? I I think, think if it did go that way, that they would split the history from 1969 to 2004, which was the last year as they exposed. And give that that history to the new expansion team, and let let the Nationals keep the history from two thousand five on. That makes sense. Okay, what's the big one? Now, can I guess it? Yes, Las Vegas. Yep. Number one is Las Vegas, Nevada, and, and I had a hard time at placing at number one or 
or or number five, just because there's been talks of the athletics possibly moving mm. to Vegas. But if Vegas gets its own expansion team, since it's located in Nevada, something to do with aliens or Area 51. I mean... <laughs> All right. You've got to go into the local lore sometimes for these names. Yeah, that's, so, well, that's where we got St. Louis Cardinals, you know. Uh, so, not really. So I think that we're going to have the Albuquerque Aliens versus the Las Vegas, Nevada Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Red. I yeah, I think that. I think Las Vegas is definitely. I mean, I even if the A's were to move there as well, I I count that. I, well, I guess it's technically not an expansion team. I think that Real Las Vegas. Location. Yeah, I th- I think Las Vegas is going to be a good spot for a baseball team. I mean, you've got the Raiders moving there. Um, I'm pretty sure didn't the WNBA team from there just win the yeah, championship? Yeah, um, the Vegas Aces just yeah, won. and they and oh, they I just within the past three or four years picked up the Golden Knights, so they now they got an NHL team. So mm-hmm. I think that they're kind of capitalizing uh, on a market that's there that we just didn't know about per se. Yeah, I completely forgot you could go go uh, Las Vegas route and be like the casinos or something yeah, like that's that. That's what I was thinking. The gamblers. Well, you, I yeah. mean, essentially, you could be like the Las Vegas Kings or something like that. Yeah. Right. Or the Las Vegas bankruptcies. It's true. <laughs> the Las Vegas uh, bad decisions. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going for there. I was going to try and put a play on like Elvis and drive through chapels, and I just couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> yeah, El- Elvis is the Elvis eye. But all right, Red, round us out. What do we got for this week in cards history? Well, this week it's brought to you via historyofcardinals.com, just like usual. All right. And on September 21st, Paul Dean throws a no-hitter in game two of a double-hitter against the Dodgers, making him the fifth rookie to throw a no-hitter. And it comes after his brother, Dizzy Dean, through through a two hitter the same same day in 1934. On S- September 22nd, Stan Musial goes five for five for the fourth time that season. God, I forget that put down the season, but that time tied off major league record. September 23rd, another Stan Musial fact. He he hits his first career home run in 1941 against the Pirates. On September 24th, Michael Walker comes one out away from being the 22nd rookie to throw a no-hitter. And some fun facts. The Cardinals have been under four different names in their in franchise history. 
the brown stockings in 1882, the browns from 1883 to 1898, the perfectos in 1899, and they became the cardinals in 1900 after a fan said, that's a lovely shade of cardinal talking about the card." Cardinal colored socks the team was wearing. And since 1919, the Cardinals have finished last only once, and that was in 1990. And in 1944, that was the only year there was an all St. Louis World Series when the Cardinals played the St. Louis Browns, who are now the Baltimore Orioles and the Cardinals won in six games. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you you know, Red, you do a pretty good job with that, but you for day this week. Andre Whose Palante. Birthday did I miss? Oh yeah. See twenty four. Yeah, he turned twenty four yeah. on Sunday, I believe. Happy birthday to Happy birthday, Andre. You should one be of in the my favorite team. pitchers. Yeah, I agree. So, well, he would have been on last week's this week in Cardinals history. Well, you didn't wish him last week either, I, so I just had to clean up two of your mistakes. Because I do it from Monday to Sunday between between recordings. Hmm. Well. Is there any uh, any more birthdays coming up anytime Red, soon? All we're, all we're trying to say is be better. Okay. I, I'm trying here. Hey, well, that's all we that's all we ask. Try harder. And I, I'll try to I'll try harder too. Yeah. I promise. I will tell you what, I'm the only one keeping us going here. You are. You are the backbone. I'm sure that your back is really sore from it carrying is. me and Big Red. <laughs> it's real sore. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, it was a pretty good week. Um, I think that uh, I appreciate you guys working with me on the timing and yeah, everything. No problem. We're going to be happy to have you back stateside. But um, yeah, next me, week, me gonna, we're going to have a big episode next week. Two big series to cover. We're mm-hmm. going to have one, maybe two guests. So uh, oh boy, just be ready. That is big time. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And yep. we'll catch you next week. See ya.